The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! <laughs> You think he's gone? He's not gone. That's the whole point. He's never gone. Is this some radical new therapy? You see? Well, I must have not been paying attention when you were just talking. Welcome to the Paying Attention Podcast here high atop the Two Guys Smoke Shop <clears throat> on uh, Route 28, Salem, New Hampshire. I'm losing my voice. <laughs> it's the worst thing in the world when you're doing podcasts. <laughs> Here's Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Uh, we want to thank uh, Dave Graffalo for uh, giving us this opportunity. Uh, we also want to thank some of the other podcasts here. We, we love listening to Political TNT, Success in the 603, The Barbecue Pit, a whole bunch of other uh, podcasts you might want to catch uh, when you're done listening to us. We certainly appreciate that you're here. My name is Tom Duggan. I'm your, uh, I'm your host. And, of course, we have uh, Kiana who is going to give us some news today. Glad to have Kiana back. She has, she's like Cher. She only has one name, like Shakira. Kiana. Kiana. That's me. Right? Well, I have a... You're actually better looking than Shakira, believe it or not. Stop yeah, it's it. true. Tom Duggan just said that I'm better looking than Shakira. That's true. Wow. Well, she's old now. She's like 35, you know. I know. So. That's, that's really old for you, Tom. <laughs> 35 is, is the red zone. That, that actually is. is true. It used to be 30 until I wrote that the redhead. She was 34. I said, okay, I'm going to bump it up to 35, but no more than that. Yeah. It's definitely a, a big stop sign. For did you have a good holiday? Did you have a good... Uh, I did, but it, it was a little bit different this year. Really? It was different because um, I think as, as a kid and as a young adult, you grow up and there's this feeling and this nostalgia that kind of comes with it. And then you become an adult. And, you and do, then it kind of sucks. You do your life like type of thing. And then it's like, it's a time that you get together with your family, but it's different. Like you're there and you're, you're spending time and then you go home. It, it doesn't, I feel like it doesn't have that same feeling to it. And people keep telling me someday when you have kids, it'll be a little bit different, yeah, it but will. it feels like a, like a regular yeah. Friday. Except you get to spend it with family, which, yeah. you know, for some people is good. For some people, I guess maybe not so good. Right. Yeah, definitely. So, so I guess you've got some news for us. I think we're going to, I think we're going to cut the show uh, today because I've got, I've got tons of stuff I have to do after the show. I think we're going to try and cut this to a half an hour if we can make it. If we go over the half hour, I'll just stay. But okay. uh, I know Kiana's got to leave and I have other stuff that I need to do. So I guess there's a bunch of news going on in the Merrimack Valley. Kiana, why don't you talk to us about some of that? Okay. We're going to start in Haverhill. Um, obviously it's, it's pretty common knowledge that very recently, you know, Massachusetts had voted to get a license for for recreational marijuana to open dispensaries. We, as the state of Massachusetts, had two that opened, I don't know, last month. Mm -hmm. And they said in just a matter of 
two weeks, they had gross like $8 million in profit. Can you believe all those idiots that are standing in line to buy marijuana? Standing in line and using shuttles back and forth to wait in another line outside, to wait in another line in a dispensary, to wait in a line for a shuttle, to go back to a parking lot, to drive to wherever (laughs) you came from. And yet, it, all you have to do is text anybody in Lawrence and you can buy and <laughs> get it delivered to your house. Like, I don't understand. Why would anyone stand in line? Mm-hmm. Like, I know people that, like, they, they, uh, I'm, I'm sitting in a, f- a friend of mine's living room the other day and he says, Oh, wait, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get some weed. Hold on. He texts a friend of his. The guy shows up 10 minutes later. He pays his friend. His friend gives him the weed. What, why is anybody standing in line? Like, I don't get this. It's probably cheaper. What too, is the, right? yeah. yeah. Right, and you don't have to like deal with dealing with other people. Like, no, no taxes. I hate lines and I hate crowds because I hate like large groups of people. <laughs> I hate people in general anyway. Um, well, the thing about those dispensaries is, you know, you're looking, you're looking at an hour, two hours just to get out there. But mm-hmm. the city of Haverhill, which is obviously right in the backyard, right next door, could actually be the next to get a retail marijuana dispensary. WHAV in Haverhill reports that the city could get between 500k and 1.5 million in revenue from the dispensary, and they've actually been awarded six marijuana licenses for wow. two different locations of of property of land that they've set aside just for the sale of recreational marijuana. Wow! You know, now North Andover tried this last year. We had town meeting. I live in North Andover, so I attended town meeting. Um, and North Andover was uh, set not to have a re- not to have retail marijuana, but to have a, me- uh, a medical marijuana growing facility. So they weren't even going to sell it in, in North Andover. They were just going to grow it there. And the and the anti marijuana, the Puritans, the right wingers of which I am one, although I didn't agree with them on this, um, fought this as as if we were debating whether or not marijuana should be legal. Like one guy got up at town meeting, and he showed like uh, brain scans of children who had smoked marijuana. As if like that has anything at all to do with a medical marijuana growing facility that's not selling it. Like it's it's it was crazy. But um, at town meeting, North Andover turned it down. It would have been something in the neighborhood of like ten million dollars for local taxpayers. We could have hired cops, firefighters, with that teachers, paved roads. Um, you know, we could have built a new school. But the people of North Andover just decided that marijuana is evil. And we're going to vote against this. Now, in full disclosure, I voted against making it legal. Hmm. I, think Mar- I think Massachusetts finally did something right when they decriminalized it, but they, but they still made it like a civil infraction. Right. So the cops didn't have to like waste all of their time on chasing down a kid smoking a, a marijuana cigarette like on Brook Street. Um, and they could concentrate on the, on the more important crimes. And then Massachusetts went full blown and said, okay, well, we're going to make it legal, which I think just opens up so many other problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people smoking it while they're driving, people smoking it while they're using heavy equipment, um, you know, people giving it to kids. We all know that the more plentiful it is. Think about this. You can, you can, you can smoke marijuana. The, the, the government is trying so hard to make marijuana illegal in every state at the same time they're trying to make cigarettes illegal. Like right now there's, I smoke Newports, right? Right now there's a measure going before the Massachusetts House to make menthol cigarettes illegal, to ban menthol cigarettes because they're bad. Marijuana, that's okay. But Newports, that's where we draw the line. Like, wait, what? Didn't you guys just go backwards? I don't get it. Well, one of the biggest questions that a lot of people have about about this whole making marijuana available recreationally is is how are the cities and the states actually receiving the revenue from it? So Mm -hmm. after looking into a little bit, the city's revenue, the way that it's reported is that it'll come from 3% of the marijuana revenue. So all of the 
the marijuana itself that they sell will bring in 3% plus 3% in sales tax on every purchase. So the two places um, that they're looking at right now, one at Washington Street area and Emerson Locust and Granite Street, along with a little bit of Railroad Street, um, those are the places that they have designated that they will be able to implement this tax on the marijuana and sell it recreationally. So my question is, what does that do for like the infrastructure of a city like that? When you hear these reports of the dispensaries out West and they talk about, you know, these long lines and shuttle buses and parking lots, you know, is that what it's going to look like in, in Haverhill? Maybe. Good reason to stay out of Haverhill. It's a great reason to stay out of Haverhill. I mean, try, try driving around Haverhill on a Friday afternoon. On a regular day. Yeah, on a regular day or a, or a Wednesday afternoon on a regular day. It takes you 20 minutes just to get from downtown up to River Street. Like, I River work Street. in Haverhill. I, I attend school in Haverhill. And any time that isn't, you know, even early morning, any time I need to get to Haverhill, I need to add an extra, you know, 20 minutes in addition to my commute time. If I'm going in the afternoon from South Lawrence, and I need to add another 20 extra minutes of commute time. So this is just on the regular, on the normal. Right. And now we're going to be for, you know, bringing in all this extra traffic. Listen, the government officials only care about making money for the government so they can spend more money. That's all they care about. I mean, it, it, and what's, what's bizarre is, is if you just look at what they're doing with cigarettes while they're trying to make marijuana legal. It makes no sense. Yeah. Right? And so the government, of, government officials in general like to pretend that they care about our health and public safety. They don't. They care about making more money so they can spend more money. So they can hire more friends, so they can stop more programs that hire more friends, and then those friends go out and hold signs for them at election time, and then they run for re-election, and then they tax more stuff. 3% of their revenue is, is outrageous, I think. I don't think the government should be taxing anybody's revenue. You should be, it should be a straight sales tax. Make it a 6% sales tax. I mean, obviously, people are going to pay it. Yeah. Right? Definitely. But, I mean, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. Maybe I should be in the marijuana industry. But. <laughs> so, we're going to move from there to Lawrence. Last night, uh, there were two shootings on Route 495 in Lawrence and Haverhill. It had the state and local police very busy today. A woman driving on Route 495 South in Lawrence had her car shot at. So, her car is shot at on the highway, and when they pull over, she actually has... The bullets yeah. in, in the, the back of the car. Right. Like, it's very apparent that she was actually shot at. Yeah, she's not making it up. Yeah, she's she's not just saying Because we've had other instances where people say, I was shot at on the highway, and then it finds out that they were in a gun battle in, like, in Somerville somewhere. Yeah. And they just didn't want to say that they were, like, out buying drugs or something. But this actually, this there were actually, like, bullet holes in the car, and they and, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, you're fine. <laughs> Police believe the shooter got off Route 495 on the Route 114 Winthrop Ave in Lawrence, and say that they dumped the gun near Wendy's. So, state Police canine was out there searching the area, looking for this gun that was supposedly dropped off by Wendy's on 114. Couldn't find it. But just minutes later, after this shooting, there was another shooting on 495 in Haverhill. So the state police believe that it is the same suspect. Um, they're looking for a 2006 gray Acura with a mass plate, 7RT383, for shooting at another vehicle on 495. So the vehicle is registered to a 20-year-old from Haverhill. Officer safety is advised as obviously this person is, is shooting at foreign cars. Yeah. And, you know, the, the thing is, those of us who listen to police scanners might actually be able to help the police out in Haverhill and in Lawrence, except Haverhill and Lawrence have encrypted their police scanners. So, um, you know, not going to get much help from the public on that. Definitely not. So the NFL had its lowest attendance in Yay. more than a decade. Boycott the NFL. 
<laughs> so in the last decade, they have had their lowest attendance rates for overall right across the board, for, but for some very specific teams as well. According to the magazine, the Washington Redskins attendance is down 19% since last year. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are down 9% and the Cincinnati Bengals are down 5 But on the upside, not every team has seen a drop in attendance. The Dallas Cowboys, Ezekiel Elliott, he's, he's the man. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good guy. All right, good. They lead the league in the attendance. The LA Chargers grew their attendance by 29%, and the LA Rams are up 14. Well, I'm glad that the NFL has got a, uh, a decline in attendance. I'm boycotting the NFL. They, <laughs> they, when, when six Dallas police officers were murdered, uh, protecting left wingers who were protesting against police violence, mm. six police officers were murdered protecting them. And there was, uh, I can't remember who it was, but one of the players wanted to wear socks. Um, or wanted to wear a, a, a blue band in order to uh, honor the police officers that, that were killed, the NFL said, no, wow. this is not a place for making political statements. And yet since then, since then, Colin Kaepernick is kneeling during the national anthem. People are putting their fist in the air. Uh, you know, they're, they're protesting everything, police violence and everything else. Um, so I, I, I think the NFL, the NFL, like most sports, first of all, I think most of it is fake. Quite frankly, I, that's just my opinion. Mm. Um, but on top of that, on top of the fact that I think that it's fake, uh, which is one of the reasons I stopped watching, uh, the, the NFL is really just anti-American now. I mean, they stand for and they allow people to protest America, but they don't allow people to honor police officers, to honor our Marines, to honor our veterans. So I boycott the NFL. I'm glad that they've lost attendance. I think they should they should wake up. I mean, you can't listen to a sports radio station anymore without them talking politics. People, mm. people don't watch sports for politics. People watch sports to get away from politics. You know, I mean, people watch hockey, baseball, football to get away from the real world. They don't want to. They don't want to be listening. Oh, some football player beat his wife. Some football players made a racist comment. Who cares? They play football. Go out there and throw the friggin' ball. And I don't care what they do off. Uh, I don't care if the guy beats his wife. He kicks his dog. He drives drunk. That's between him, the cops, and the court. On the field, throw the ball. Catch the ball, block somebody. That's what you. That's what you're paid to do, mm. and the, I don't think there's any room for politics in, in sports. So I'm glad the NFL's down, and who knows? Maybe they'll wake up. I don't think they will, but. The New Hampshire state legislator approved a measure yesterday banning guns from the state house by a vote of 220 to 163. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> you just announced to the world that, by the way, we're all unarmed now. So if anybody wants to come in and shoot us, we can't fire back. It was actually one of the first acts by the new Democratic-controlled legislator for 2019. So it's one of the first things they did in the new year was ban all well, guns we from see the, what the So we see what the priority of the Democratic legislature is in New Hampshire. It's not to make your life better. It's not to lower taxes. It's not to make it easier for small businesses to flourish in New Hampshire. It's not to make people's lives easier, pave roads, make schools better. No, no, no. It's to take your guns. That's their number one priority. I'm actually going to read you this... Um this little blurb from House Republican leader Richard Hinch of Merrimack. What he said in a statement was, there have been several instances where members of this body have been threatened with physical violence against them or their families. In our capacity as identifiable public officials in an environment of heightened political rhetoric, we are at a greater risk for violence. This amendment to House rules prohibits law-abiding citizens from exercising their constitutionally protected right, and it lacks the necessary detail in process and procedures for the storage of weapons. So the gun ban at the State House has been passed 
passed and reversed several different times over the last few years, depending on which party controls the legislature. But the Democrats obviously wanting to ban the guns and the Republicans, not so much. Right, yeah. Republicans believe in the Constitution. And Democrats think the Constitution is, it was written by old white men who own slaves. We need to get rid of it. And so they can't say that, right? Some of them do. The progressives do. But most of them can't say that because it's not popular to say that. You can't get elected saying that in most states. So they want to do it incrementally. And first they're banning it at the state house. Next it'll be they'll be banning it in other places. Uh, and little by little, that, that's, that's what they do. And, you know, you have a right to protect yourself. They've think about it. They've just announced to every crazy person out there with a gun who might want to commit violence against someone in the legislature, that, by the way, these guys are not armed when they're in session. Mm. So if you really want to get them, that's the place to go. I think that's the dumbest thing in the... Like fish in a barrel. Like, why would you do that? Why don't we make it a law that everyone who doesn't have a gun have a sign on their lawn that says no gun on the premises? Mm. And let's see which houses get broken into, right? I mean, the whole, I, the whole, the whole gun debate is really just a ruse to take people's guns away. And they can say that it's not. They can say they're not against the Second Amendment. They are against the Second Amendment. They've tried numerous times to pretend that the, that the Second Amendment doesn't say that an individual has a right to carry a weapon to defend themselves. And the court has been very clear, at least up until now, that as an individual, you have a right to protect yourself. I carry a weapon. I have to protect myself. I have a lot of enemies. I've had a lot of threats in my lifetime. I want to know if somebody walks in here right now and starts shooting people, I can at least fire back. Yeah. I can at least protect myself. I might not be able to protect everybody else, but I can protect me. And that's what the Second Amendment was designed for. Uh, but then again, the, the, the liberal Democrats don't like the First Amendment either, as we're finding out. Well, the real kicker about it is that the ban was supported by the New Hampshire Gun Violence Prevention Coalition. Yeah, so it have, was actually supported by them. Yeah. So you have all these organizations that, are, that their main focus is to take away people's guns. That's, that's what they... And they call it gun violence. By the way, it's not gun violence. The gun didn't commit the violence. The person committed a violence. Right? Yeah. So. I mean, the gun didn't just grow arms and legs and find somebody. You know? I hear you. Uh, we're just going to wrap up a little bit here talking about Columbia Gas. It's just, <laughs> it's just the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, let's Columbia talk about them gas. for the next hour. So with the Columbia gas disaster finally over and all services are stored, residents in the Merrimack Valley are getting their first bills from Columbia gas since September 13th. Explosions that rocked the valley left thousands of homes with no heat. Oh. You were one of them. I was without heat. I, I was one of them. You were one, no hot water, no, no heat, no stove, like nothing. Yeah. Literally displaced from our homes for months, technically months, right. months at a time. At least two months, yep. To return home, and now people are getting $800, $900 bill. I haven't received my bill yet, but yeah, I'm sitting either. here, you know, clenching you right. know, my hand and my teeth. Just waiting just. for that bill to arrive. So according to Boston 25, Paul Craney of North Andover. So this is a local guy. Got his first bill last week for more than $820. Outrageous. Could you imagine being displaced from your home for eight, nine, 12 weeks? And I was lucky because I received my gas a little bit earlier than some other people. And I was out for about nine weeks. But could you imagine being displaced for nine weeks, having no answers, no nothing there? You know, there are damages to your home, you know reformations that need to be met and then you get slapped with a thousand dollar bill from a gas company that just literally took you out of your home for yeah. like three I months. think Columbia Gas should give everybody free gas. Everybody affected should get free gas for a year. Two. Two years. All right. I'm up for that. <laughs> Two years. But I mean, you know, we've talked about this before. 
All Columbia Gas has done since this disaster is reimburse people for expenses that they've had to incur yeah. as the result of their bad behavior. But they really haven't gone above that. Like, I was expecting, like, within the first week, everybody gets, like, a check for $5,000 so they can get through the next few weeks. And then we'll reimburse you for expenses on top of that. I think that probably would have worked. Well, especially when they saw it was going to be long term. Yeah. And they kept lying to us. They kept saying, oh, it's going to be in three weeks. We're going to have everything restored. Right? Remember, Rich? It was three weeks at the beginning. And then three weeks became five weeks. And then they said, well, maybe December. And then it was like, finally, I think the last one got hooked up the first week of December. But as Rich will tell you, because we listen to the scanner on a regular basis, at least the fire scanners now, um, just today I heard over a dozen calls for order of gas. There's a, a, a tier one gas leak on Somerset Street in Lawrence. We heard we posted that right before we came uh, into the studio today. Um, Every single day, I'm hearing at least a dozen calls for order of gas, gas leaks in the Merrimack Valley. So just because people have their gas turned back on doesn't mean that this issue is over. And I think a lot of people are still very nervous and very scared, and well, they should be. Absolutely. I, I mean, so. we're seeing these uh, these gas leaks and you know all other sporadic fires and explosions that are happening that are showing you it's not just like a localized issue. It's it's a very widespread issue that expands into many different areas that mm-hmm. they they couldn't have even maybe foreseen. And it's not going to be a quick fix. It's going to take a long time. I mean, there are thousands of miles. I, I just I, I just think the whole thing is outrageous, and I'm waiting. I keep waiting for a, the governor. The legislature, somebody, some some elected official who's supposed to represent us, someone who's supposed to have our best interest at heart, to go to Columbia Gas and say, no, wait a minute, hold on. You should be paying our residents. You should be giving them free gas or paying them above and beyond what their expenses are. I mean, it's, it's outrageous that, that they're nickel and diming people on expenses to begin with. But they should be giving us more. And I keep waiting for an elected official, somebody who represents us, and apparently none of them really do. Because, we're, because here we are. Paul Creaney's got an $800 bill. I'm afraid to see what my bill looks like when it comes in. Well, what Columbia Gas said is that they had suspended their bill, their actual billing during the recovery period, and it just restarted the cycle once they restored the service. So there's, what they're claiming is that they've, suspend, they've suspended everything. Um, you owed what you owed for the month before it right. was suspended. And then when the gas was finally restored, they're putting all of that as a lump sum and then giving it to... Their, their customers. Right. And don't think for a minute they're not going to go up on their rates to pay for to, uh, to pay for all the things that they've been paying out on since this disaster happened. Mm-hmm. You can expect a rate, a rate increase. I don't care what they I, say. I would guess it has to be an estimated reading on the houses they blew up. Right. Yeah, I would imagine. You, so. you can't do an actual reading. <laughs> right. Yeah, because yeah. there's no house. No house. No. But I'm sure they'll still get a bill, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no house, but still getting a bill. Love well, it. Well, the thing that this resident, um, Craney, was, was trying to express was that it, it wasn't so much about the bill that he had been given from Columbia Gas. It wasn't the fact that he received an $820 bill. It's more the the lack of communication, the fact that, you know, they haven't been saying, hey, expect, you know, a lump sum. This is what how it's broken down. This is what it's for. These are the dates, you know, actually showing what it is instead of just slapping people who who are still adjusting to moving back to their homes, you know, getting back to daily life with $1,000 that they're saying, oh my goodness, this wasn't, you know, something I foresaw. Mm-hmm. I mean... Yeah. Now, in Columbia Gas's uh, defense, kind of, maybe, um, Columbia Gas said that they will allow people to go on a payment plan if they get a big bill, you know. Well, but, not- just to, but just, to, but just, I mean, it's just so nice of them, right? So, so at least you're not, you know, you're not socked with uh, a shutoff notice. I actually got a shutoff notice while I had no gas. While I had no gas, I got a shutoff notice. And I called them up. 
And boy, was I an asshole. Unbelievable. Boy, was I an asshole. Because it just hit me. I was, just, I, was, I was tired. It was a bad day. And I, I opened the mail and I saw it. And I called them up and I said, the lady says, uh, I said, I want to talk about my bill. And she pulls it up. She says, yes, it, it appears you owe X number of dollars. And I said, yeah, but since I still have no gas and you guys blew up my city, how about like waiving that? <laughs> Well, we don't have the authority to do that. I said, well, how about getting me somebody on the phone that does have the authority to do that? We'll have somebody call you back. I'm still waiting. Well, the thing that, that's really interesting about the statement that came from Columbia Gas, the they had given a statement to Boston 25 News, is that they said that if you were even without gas for one day of the month, they would credit you, and that nobody was charged for the times that they were displaced. But like to have an $820 bill, and they're saying if you paid for one day of that month that you were displaced, we're going to credit it. And it's still $820. Right, right. So it just seems a little bit, a little bit excessive, a little bit exponential. For- I just, I don't, I don't understand the crisis management that Columbia gas has handled. I mean, look, I get it's a big thing. They've never really dealt with anything like this before, but you've, you've destroyed people's lives for a, a, a long period of time, months. I mean, and, and, and some people, it's going to take them a long time to recover. Carl, did Carlene's finally open rich? Do you know? They're still not open. So Colleen's no. is still not open. We still have one one business in South Lawrence that we know of that's still not open. So four months later. Yeah, this is we're in January. This happened September thirteenth. I don't get it. And I I'm I'm waiting. You know, Dan Rivera, instead of being so concerned about encrypting the police channel, should have been should have been up Columbia Gas's rear end saying, No, every single Lawrence resident should get free gas for a year. That's what he should be doing. And not for nothing, the I'll- I've had a lot of experience with a lot of the workers that, that are working with Columbia Gas. They've all been in person, very, very helpful, you know, able to explain things. But they're bringing in hundreds and hundreds of workers from the south and out west. And they're, they're putting them up in hotels and they're giving them stipends and, and they're providing all of these yeah, they can pay for services that. for them. But they're, but they're nickel and diming to right. give people you know, 80% of what they've spent on food. Yeah, I, I think 80%. everybody should file a lawsuit. Just everybody just file a lawsuit. I mean, we had the uh, lawyer for, um, for Raimondo and Shulkin um, on the show, I think, two weeks ago. And uh, they're working through a local attorney, Bob Kelly, on Parker Street in Lawrence. Uh, you should call Bob Kelly. If you were affected by the Columbia gas, even if you've gotten reimbursement for some stuff, you should be talking to a lawyer and you should, I think you should be suing. That's just me. And I'm not a lawsuit kind of guy. I mean, mm-hmm. I've always been against lawsuits. But something like this, it's just ridiculous. Well, speaking of the Columbia gas, fire departments in the Merrimack Valley are asking residents in Columbia gas to notify them of any calls for gas leaks in the valley. Like you just said, the calls are coming in. Mm-hmm. And, and A dozen a day. It's a lot. Yeah. It, it's not like one or two, it's it's a few handfuls. So Columbia has been handling gas leaks and smell of gas issues on their own, but municipal offices, officials say that residents need to call 911 so that local fire departments can monitor all gas calls and assist in cases where it's warranted. So if you smell gas, call your fire department. Yeah. And um, up until now, I guess Columbia Gas has been, people have been calling Columbia Gas with gas leak calls. Mm-hmm. They want you to call 911. They want the fire department because the fire department can get there a hell of a lot faster than Columbia Gas can get there. Yeah, they, they, it says that they can get there in four minutes versus 40 minutes, minutes. that it would have been with Columbia Gas. Columbia and that, that's 40 minutes is a lot when you're dealing with something like a gas mm-hmm. leak. It, it takes a fraction of a second yeah. to just ignite a fire. So even though all services have been restored, local fire departments still receive half a dozen phone calls a day or more for smell of gas or leaking gas. And just a reminder that these gas leaks were September 13th of 2018. So we're coming up on four months yep. that it's been. Yeah. Pay people. If, if anybody from Columbia Gas is watching that has any authority, pay people. That's it. 
I mean, for crying out loud, you, you destroyed people's lives. And I, and I get it. The officials, you didn't, you didn't destroy people's lives. Right. All right. You're just someone who works for a company, but your company destroyed people's lives for a long period of time. And some people will probably never be right. And I, I think you ought to just pay people, just pay people. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much more strongly I can say it. Um, nickel and diming people over where they ate out during the time that they had no, no, no gas stove to cook. Uh, you know, uh, telling uh, we had one lady that said that, she, that Columbia Gas wouldn't pay for her laundry because she's a nurse and she deals with um, you know viruses and stuff yeah. at work, and she didn't want to contaminate like a, a local laundromat, like a local public laundromat, by bringing her work clothes there and using their machines and possibly you know who knows if the if the if the washing machine gets kills all that bacteria, and she didn't want to she didn't want anybody else to get sick. So she said, no, I'm going to have to hand dry them. I, she had to go out and she had to buy clothes at Kohl's, um, you know, so she could just get through like the first couple of weeks. They wouldn't, they would reimburse her for it. Wow. So I don't know. It's unbelievable. Crazy. Anything else? I don't have anything else for you. All right. I will say I did firsthand watch a, a high speed chase the other day. Oh, you did? Where? 495 North heading off to 93 South. They, it was a black Dodge out of, out of state. I uh, took a video of it. Oh, yeah, that's right. You did and, send me that. And um, they have no suspects. No suspects. They threw all. out nails twice, couldn't get them. He jumped across the median, headed north on 93, out of sight. It's very rare that you can outrun the cops these days. I mean, they know who you are. Oh, yeah. They run your plate. They got you on video everywhere you went. They got you on video. They can, they can backtrack the video to, from wherever you came from. We are living in, in, in George Orwell's 1984. Definitely. I mean, the government can watch you and see you everywhere you go and, and see everything that you do. So, all right. I think that's going to be it. We're going to cut the show uh, to a half hour today. We'll bank the other half hour. So you want to run the ads at the end? Oh yeah, out? just yeah, just run them, run them heading out. All right. We'll just run yeah. them, run them before the end of the show, and uh, and we'll see you next Thursday here at the Studio Twenty One Podcast Cafe. Hi, top two guys, Smoke Shop on Salem Twenty on Route Twenty Eight in Salem. I can't even talk today. Yeah. Can you imagine yeah. if I tried to do another <laughs> half hour, tripping over my own words? No. I want to thank Dave Garofalo, everybody here at uh, Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Two Guys Smoke Shop. And of course, Ed Sullivan, our fine, fine producer. And thank you. <laughs> By the way, uh, uh, Heroes in Our Midst Volume 2 will be out shortly. We're working on it. I'm trying to put the final touches on it. So Volume 2 of Heroes in Our Midst will be out shortly, hopefully before the bash. Awesome. Auto Body. We got our friend Angelo over there. Angelo Memolo over there. He does great work on your car. So if you got a ding in your car, somebody hits you, you got a mechanical problem, you bring it to AM Auto. He's on South Broadway in Lawrence on Inman Street. Angelo will take care of you. Um, so what's the address there? 341 Three, South Broadway, Lawrence, Massachusetts. I don't know why these guys love me so much. I really don't. But Twin Lights, let me tell you how, how dedicated I am to helping my sponsors. The guys at Twin Light Security needed an extra security guy to do private investigations and to do security for a certain thing in Boston. And they posted it on my page and asked if it was okay if they could use my page to solicit hiring people. And I said, you know what? As busy as I am, these guys sponsor the show. They sponsor the Valley Patriot. They give us $1,000 for the bash. I'm going to go work for these guys. So I called up Pat McLaughlin and I said, look, you help us every single time we need something. Whenever I put out a call, you're there. If you need an extra person and you're short, I'll take the night off and I'll come work for you. 
And so I, ha- so I have been. I've been doing some work for them because they're helping us. And so there's no reason why I shouldn't be able to find a way to help them in the meantime. So if you need security or if you're getting divorced and you need a private investigator, if you have a business and you need a private investigator or security, uh, you want to call Twin Lights Security. They're based out of Gloucester, but they're very local. If while I'm driving around Lawrence, I get shot and killed, make sure you get my body to Perez Funeral Home because we do business with the people who do business with us. And he's on South Broadway. With the, it's the old Scott Funeral Home. If, you were, if you're an old-time Lawrence resident, it's the old Scott Funeral Home on, on South Broadway. Perez Funeral Home at 298 South Broadway in Lawrence. Um, you can, they do crematory services. They do all the stuff that they're supposed to do, right? And uh, Mike's a, a big fan of the show. He follows us when we go live. He's an advertiser now in the print edition of the paper. And he's now sponsoring this program. Perez Funeral Home and Crematory Services, 298 South Broadway in Lawrence. We appreciate him. Franklin Veloz from Veloz Auto Group. Uh, he specializes in people that have uh, maybe bad credit, no credit. Maybe you haven't had a job for a long period of time, so you don't think that maybe you qualify for a car loan. Usually, you know, they want you to have a job for a year or more. Uh, he specializes in getting people who have bad credit or no credit or maybe spotty credit, uh, getting them into a used car. He used to work for Charlie Dare's Commonwealth Motors for a long, long time, so he knows his stuff. I think he was the credit manager over there or something. So he knows what he's doing, and, um, and he follows us live, too. I really appreciate that he does. Every time I see him pop on, I'm very excited about it. And I was there yesterday to deliver his newspaper, and he said he's already had customers come in from us talking about him on this show. So we appreciate Velo's Auto Group. Go see Franklin. He's at 17 Mass Ave. It's right at the very beginning of Mass Ave on the Lawrence North Andover line. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.